God. This is the last Sunday before Easter. Uh, how many of y'all know Easter is like the Christian Super Bowl? It is. It's, it's like the Christian Super Bowl. Uh, the Antichrist goes to church on Easter. Amen? Uh, listen, if there's any day that we're going to get somebody to go to church, it's going to be on Easter. Uh, I, I've seen preachers try to get on Facebook and try to make people feel guilty for going all out on Easter. Well, we ought to worship Jesus every Sunday. That's true. I'm not denying that. Uh, but it would be silly not to take advantage of a good day like that day. Amen. And uh, I think we need to get while the getting's good. Amen? Amen. So next Sunday, we're going to do, we're gonna, I mean, it's going to be an all-out full-court press to go after those who don't know Jesus. Amen? Acts chapter number one, we, we, are, we are at the place where, where Jesus has, he has died, he has resurrected, he has revealed himself for many days to his disciples and followers to prove that he is who he said he was. He, he, he is what he said in Revelation 1, that he's uh, the one that, that, that is, I am he that liveth and was dead and am alive forevermore. That's him, say amen. Uh, and, and so now he is, he is giving last-minute instructions to his disciples. Chip, good to see you. I don't normally get to see you on Sunday. That, uh, that crowd right there is usually Brother Matt and everybody down in uh, Birmingham, but they're with us. How many of y'all glad Brother Chip and his, his crowd's with us? Amen. Uh, uh, but Jesus has given last-minute instructions to his disciples before he goes and is with the Father. Uh, and, and now this is where we're at. Rebel, uh, excuse me, uh, Acts chapter 1 and verse number 4. Have you found your spot? Amen. It says, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons. That's Jesus' sweet and meek way of saying none of your business. Y'all with me? He said, don't worry about that. That's not, that's not even your concern. That does, you don't even need to be worried about that. He says, which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the earth. And when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go up into heaven. Father, thank you, Lord, for your mercy, your grace, your kindness. Thank you for a good crowd this morning. Lord, if there's ever been a time that we need your anointing, it's right now. Lord, I pray that you'll touch my heart and my mind and give me the clarity of speech, clarity of thought. God, I pray that every word will be understood. Every word will meet the need for the hour. And God will praise you and thank you and glorify your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Here we find, here we find Jesus on the Mount of Olives with his disciples. He is fixing to depart. He's fixing to go back to glory. 
Uh, he's going to do what he said he was going to do. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. But before he went, he gave them a great commission. Many of y'all know uh, the great commission in Matthew 28, go ye into all the world. I want you to go to every creature. I want you to go to every end and inch of this earth. And I want you to tell people that Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Spread the tidings all around. Jesus saves. I want you to give the gospel to every creature. What is the gospel? It's the death burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to go to every nation. I want you to go to every tongue. I want you to go to every creature and tell them that Jesus, the Word, the Son of God, came. He lived 33 years upon this earth. He healed and he helped and he blessed and he encouraged and he died on an old rugged cross. Listen, he died on a hill far away. He shed his blood for my sin and your sin, for my iniquities and your iniquities, my transgressions and and your transgressions he died for you and he died for me but thank God on the third day he got up again somebody say amen he rose again the third day and I want you to tell him I mean every person I want you to go everywhere and tell him he's alive he's alive he's alive and there is salvation in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ he will change your heart he will change your life you'll never be the same again I want you to go to every creature every continent every nation every tongue it doesn't matter who they are and give them the good news of Jesus Christ are y'all with me this morning? Now, here we are. They have their job. They have their calling. They have their commission. They have their responsibility. And this is what Jesus said. This is so good. You got to get this. If you don't get nothing, get this. He says, now, before you go, wait. Before you step out on the journey, I need you to wait on God. Before you attempt the goal, before you attempt the task, before you strike out on the trail, I need you to wait in Jerusalem. And I need you to wait on the promise of God. I need you to wait on the promise of his coming. You see, Jesus had already told them in John 14 and 15, he said, I'm going to leave, but if I leave, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost is going to come, and he's going to be a comforter. He's going to be a teacher, and according to Acts chapter number 1, he's going to be the power that you need to get the job done. Somebody say amen. And his last minute instructions is this. Number one, don't go without God. Somebody say that back to me. Don't go without God. Before you preach your first sermon, before you sing your first song, before you witness to the first lost person, don't go without God. Don't attempt this job. Don't try this action. Don't do anything. Don't go without God. God. You say, why is that so important? If you will study the book of Acts, you'll find out the unlearned and ignorant men, the riffraff of society, just an old cussing fisherman God used to turn the world upside down. And how did they turn the world upside down? It wasn't their intelligence. It wasn't their education. It wasn't their experience. It wasn't what they had all oh, on the outside. It was what they had on the inside. The Bible said they were filled with the Holy Ghost. They had the 
power of God in their life. They didn't have screens. They didn't have a choir. They didn't have a praise man. They didn't have buildings. They didn't have money. But there was one thing they did have. They had God. And I'm here to tell you, you can get the job done if God is on your side. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm here to tell you, we don't have to have everything that man says you have to have. We don't have to have padded pews and we don't have to have carpet on the floor. We don't have to have flashing lights, but we do have to have God. Don't go without God. You cannot get the job done without God. You cannot solve the man's problems without God. You cannot raise teenagers without God. I need a witness. Say, how do you know? I got four of them. Amen. We need God. We're trying to have good marriages without God. We're trying to raise good kids without God. We're trying to accomplish our mission without God. We're trying to win the loss without God. We think it's our ability. We think it's our talent. We think it's our skill set. Well, let me tell you something. It wasn't David's ability to sling that sling that killed the giant. It wasn't Elijah's oratory skills and his preaching material that changed their, the nation of Israel on Mount Carmel. It was the fire of God. Preacher, what am I saying? I'm saying this. Don't go without God. Don't try to do what you need to do without God. Don't live your life without God. Don't, listen, don't work on your marriage without God. Don't attempt the impossible without God. For with God, all things are possible. How are we going to turn this community upside down Easter with God? Don't go without God. Are y'all with me? Say amen. He said, you better wait. I know you think you got it together. I know, I know you think that these three years in Jesus' seminary has got you right where you need to be, but there's one thing you're missing. You've got to have God. You've got to have God. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Don't, don't, don't go without God. Don't try to kick your addiction without God. Don't try, don't, don't, don't try to get over what, what you are under without God. Are y'all with me? Yeah. Number two, don't go without God. Say that back to me. Don't go without God. Don't go without God. Number two, when he, I love these guys, they trip me out. Man, I'm telling you, they are so much like us today, it's incredible. When he got through telling them, Go to Jerusalem, wait on the promise of the Father, wait on the Holy Spirit because you're going to need his power. And Acts 1.80 says, but ye shall receive power. Uh, you're, going, you're going to get power. I know what I'm asking you to do is a big deal. I know what I'm asking you to do is a, is, a, is a monumental task, but I will give you power to do it. And then the very next thing they say in the very next verse, they say, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel now? Now Jesus is thinking about saving the world and they're thinking about getting a throne. Jesus is thinking about sinners going to hell. And they're thinking about getting a raise. You see, they were so nationalistic. It's all about the Jews. You know what? <laughs> so many church congregations think that God is a, a Southern American God. Well, I don't think he's a southern white American God. But he's the God of the world. 
There's so many missionaries I've seen. They, they leave the Bible Belt of our country, and they go to Africa, and they go to Asia, and they go to Russia, and they try to have a southern-style culturalistic church service and make them what we are. They're okay the way they are. Because the same God that's over us is over them. What's the point? Too many times we allow our agendas and our preferences to get in the way. And this is what he said. I love Jesus' response. They said, are, you, are we going to get this? Are we going to get our throne now? Or, or are you? And this is what he said. It's, <laughs> it's none of your business. It's not for you to know the times or the seasons which my father put in his own hands. Don't even worry about that. You know what he's saying? Number two. If you're taking notes, number two. First he said, he said, don't go without God. Number two, he said, don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Anytime, <coughs> excuse me, anytime John Hagee writes a new book on prophecy, it wigs everybody out. Before it was what was happening in Jerusalem, now it's the four blood moons. You know, these four blood moons, it's, at Passover, you know, the, the, the moons are going to line up, four blood moons, and blah, 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 blah. I mean, I was watching it this morning. Do you realize I had a job to do before the blood moons, and I'm going to have a job to do after the blood moons? Now, he may come. That's great. I hope he does, but it doesn't matter. I don't, I don't even need to be worried about that. I need to be worried about sinners coming to know Jesus. There are people that will go all over this country and go from this prophecy conference and that prophecy conference trying to figure out who the Antichrist is. They'll, they'll stay up on the Internet all night long, and they'll see what this guy says, and this guy says, oh, this is a new revelation, and we know, oh, we know who the, listen, he ain't, I ain't even going to be here when he shows up, so who, what do I care? I don't understand people who will go to every conference in America on prophecy and won't walk across the street and invite their neighbor to church. You may tell you what the devil's done. He's distracted them. They're distracted with the end times. They're distracted with prophecy. They're distracted with all this stuff. Do you realize we can be distracted by good things and not fulfill the best things? We are supposed to live every single day like Jesus could come tonight. Blood moon or not. Don't get distracted. Listen, we're getting distracted by our hobbies and our agendas. You see, they had an agenda. They wanted a throne. And it, and it didn't just get that way. Through the whole time Jesus was walking with them, uh, they were wanting to rule and reign with him. They were wanting one to be on one side and one to be on the other. They was worrying about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. Y'all remember? You've read the Gospels. Jesus even went so far in the upper room as to get down. I'm talking about the creator of the universe, the God of all the world, the, the creator of all, the master of the universe, got down and washed their old nasty feet to teach them a truth. That look, it's not about people serving you, it's about you serving people. Don't worry about who's going to be the greatest. Who's going to be the least is where it's at. The last shall be first and the first shall be last. And Jesus is constantly trying to get their attention and teach them something. And now he's died, he's rose again, he's fixing to go back home, and they still got problems. And all they care about is their own agenda and their own wants and their own desires, and Jesus is trying to get them about sinners. Boy, it's getting quiet now. 
He's saying, look, don't, don't get distracted. Don't, don't get, you know, when you have four kids and they all want to play a sport or something, it's easy to, it's easy to get distracted because you have, you have, you know, you got to go to this and you got to go to this practice and you got to go to this game and you got to go to this pageant, which I think is from the devil. Say amen right there. I, <clears throat> I said I'd never get my opinion in the pulpit, but I slipped right there. That was my, that was my opinion. I, 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 God help us. We get caught up at work, get so busy that we forget our neighbor's going to hell unless he gets saved. We forget our cousins and our aunts and our uncles who don't know Jesus and they're left behind. They're, they're not going to heaven. And Jesus is saying, don't get distracted. You've got a commission. You've got a calling. Don't get distracted. Number one, he said, don't. All right, let's all do it. Number one, don't. Number two, don't. Number three, don't forget your purpose. He says, but ye shall receive power. Verse 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses. Say that with me. Ye shall be witnesses. Witnesses. Anybody can be a witness. Some people think that, that the responsibility of bringing the lost to Christ is for the preacher, the teacher, or the missionary because they can preach. Well, I can't preach. You don't have to preach. All God asks you to do is be a witness. Have you ever watched the court proceedings? And I ain't talking about Perry Mason neither. But a real court proceedings. And that judge is wanting to hear from this person who is a He's a witness. Now, he don't care about his opinion. He doesn't care about his preference. He doesn't care what he thinks about the subject. All he wants to know, what do you know? What did you, or what did you, that's all I need to know. You're an eyewitness, just tell me what you know. Not what you think. Not, y'all with me? Do you realize as a child of God, if you're in this room today and you're saved, you're a witness? What am I a witness to? What God done for you. I'm a witness of what God done for me because I was there when it happened. Are y'all with me? You remember that demoniac that was running around in the tombs and he was naked and everything, had no clothes on and crazy, running around. Jesus comes up. He comes to Jesus and, and Jesus heals him. He's there in his right mind. He's got clothes on his back and he is acting like somebody. And when Jesus went to leave, he said, I want to go with you. And Jesus, uh-uh, no, 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 no. You got a bigger job to do. You got a bigger responsibility. I want you to go home, tell your friends and your family what good things God has done for you. And you know what? That's our responsibility. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to go tell our friends and our family, let me tell you what God done for me. Let me tell you that God, he got me off of crack. God got me off of alcohol. God got me off of gambling. God put our family back together. Oh, God has changed my life. Oh, God is good. If God saved you, God done something for you. Say, I've never smoked crack, never drank alcohol. Yeah, but you was going to hell. I was a preacher's kid all my life. I never done none of that junk. But I tell you this, I was still going to hell. And God delivered me. Y'all with me? And I got to tell somebody. 
I got to tell somebody. How about, how about the woman? How about the woman who, who met Jesus at the well? You know, she met Jesus at the well, and she, she had a reputation. It wasn't a good one either. She's, done, she's married five times and shacking up with the one she was with. Are y'all with me? Mm, looking for love in all the wrong places. Amen? She comes to Jesus, and Jesus tells her everything. Jesus changes her life. And, 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 and the interesting part about this whole thing is that the disciples, you know, the, the, the people in, in, in seminary school, them disciples, those, those young preachers who'd been hanging out with Jesus and supposed to learn what Jesus done, they went into town and brought back food. When this woman who met Jesus and Jesus changed her life, she went back to the same town, passed them on the way. They came back with a sandwich. They didn't bring anybody to Jesus. But when she got back to town, you know what she did? Let me tell you about somebody who done told me everything. Is not this the Christ? Are y'all with me? I am really liking this runway. Amen. I can... It's bad on that front row. It'll be like the Shamu section. Ain't it? We're going to put plastic out, amen? I'm kidding. I'll get back over there, amen? Here they are so distracted with their own hunger, their physical needs, and their own agenda. They didn't bring anybody to Jesus. But there's one woman with a reputation who, who, who the ministerial association would never let her speak in the meeting. She brought the whole city out to be with Jesus. What's your point, preacher? I'm telling you this. I don't care who you are. you got a purpose. And that purpose is to go out these walls and take them invite cards and tell everybody you know that this coming Sunday is going to be off the chain. Say amen. And there is a God in that building and, and on that corner. Now, I know he's everywhere. I know he's everywhere. But they something about Sunday, he's going to be concentrated. Are you all with me? I don't know if that's spiritual or not, but it sounded good. Amen. Have you ever noticed, hey, just some places, you can just feel them a little more than other places? Everybody knows somebody. Everybody knows somebody. Experts say that everybody has influence over seven unchurched people. You, everybody says, well, I just don't know who I'm going to invite. Check out your phone. I don't have much money in my pocket, and if I was a deacon, I'd bet all of it. Since I'm a pastor, I can't bet, amen. But if I was a deacon, I, I would bet that you got more than seven contacts in your phone. I would. Well, I wouldn't. Johnny would. I wouldn't bet, but Johnny would bet. And do you know what experts say? that five out of the seven would come if you invited them. You, you, know, why, you know why temple's growing like it's growing? Because somebody's inviting. Do you realize that 80% of the people in church today, no matter what church it's in, is there because a friend or family member invited them to come? Preacher, what are you saying? You got somebody you need to invite. Before you leave this property, 
you need to stop by that table and get one of them invite cards. Matter of fact, you need to get seven of them. Because we're looking for five out of seven. Y'all with me? And I know what you're thinking. Well, dear Lord in heaven, preacher, there ain't enough room in here. Yet. That's why we're doing six services. Say amen. Oh, Go get them. We have a purpose. But ye shall receive power to do what? To be a witness. A witness. Lastly, number four. What was number one? Tell me number one again. Don't. Don't go without. How many of y'all agree with that? Amen. amen. Number two, don't. Don't get distracted. Number three, watch this right here. Watch this right here. It says, and when he hit verse 9, and when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? Here, here, here's. Here, which I could understand a little bit, but, but Jesus leaves and they had that Gomer look. Yeah. <laughs> and the angel said, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you standing around? I, Jesus done told you what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go back to Jerusalem and wait. Why are you standing around? Here's, I believe, the last don't. Don't go without God. Don't, uh, uh, what I say number two was? Don't get distracted like I just did. Amen. <laughs> number three, don't forget your, number four, don't procrastinate and delay. He said, what are you waiting on? Why are you standing around? Don't procrastinate. You know, I may not be in a bar drinking a beer. And I may not be in a crack house smoking crack. I may, I may, not, be, I may not be in the red light district uh, trying to run around on my wife. But there's times I really have to fight procrastinating. There's times that I know there's things I need to do. There's things I need to accomplish. And, well, you know, I believe that procrastination is the deadliest sin there is. Do you realize there's people in hell today because they procrastinated? I'm going to get right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to get to church and, you know, I'm going to turn my life over. I, I, I'm going to do it. Preacher, don't, I know it. I know I need to. I, preacher, I promise I, I'm, I'm going. And that day never comes. And it's not because they didn't mean to. They truly meant to. But they. I'm going to join up, preacher. I'm going to be a part of that, that church. I'm going to be a part of that work. I'm going to make it official. I'm going to get involved. I'm going to go out. I'm. I'm I'm okay. I'm 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 going I'm going to but they procrastinate We know there's people we need to tell but we procrastinate We know there's people we need to invite but we procrastinate not that we don't mean to not that we don't want to we just never seem to get around to do it
I've got a preacher. <clears throat> He's kind of like a mentor hero, if you will. I watched when I was a little kid. When I was a little bitty fella in church. I mean, he was like the first, he was like the first preacher that I listened to that wasn't boring. You know, as a little kid, man, most of them are boring. And 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 some are still boring, amen. I mean, but some are better. But at that point, at that point, he came and preached, and I was sitting on the front row. I mean, I was a little, my feet didn't even touch the floor yet. And I was sitting there and and and, and he started talking about history and man, I love history. I was all about history. He started talking about World War II and, and General Douglas MacArthur. And son, when he said that, I was in. I'm talking about I was zeroed in. And he began to share about General Douglas MacArthur and General Jonathan Wainwright and how they were, they were outnumbered and the Japanese was bombing them just like crazy. And, 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 and the president said, uh, General Douglas MacArthur, you got to come out of there and you got to get reinforcements. And he didn't want to leave, but he had to leave General Jonathan Wainwright behind. And, and, and he stepped and he said, he told the Filipino people, he said, I have to go, but I shall return. Man. And then he told how he went and got reinforcements. And then he came back. He walked off that PT boat and said, I have returned. And son, my little heart was about to jump out my little chest. And I'm sitting there. And then he began to break about Jesus said, I'm leaving. I've got to go. I'm going to prepare your place. But if I go and prepare a place, I will come again. And he said, one day Jesus is going to split those eastern skies. He's going to step on this earth and say, I have returned. I have returned. And man, I tell you what, I, that was, I think that may have been the first moment in my heart where God got to stirring in me that I want to do what he's doing. Amen. I want to do that. A fire started in my little soul, and I thought, man, that was awesome. And boy, I looked up to this preacher, and man, every, he, was, he was the kind of preacher, he, he, he didn't tell no jokes. I mean, he was all business all I don't remember hearing him ever tell it now I'm, now I'm not whether I'm for it or against it I, I think you just need to be yourself when you're in the pulpit right. just be yourself don't try to be nobody just be who you are and that's what he he was all all business and all serious that's just his personality and 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 man I I thought he was awesome and and he was on my mind does anybody ever just get on your mind you just think about him just driving down the road and and, 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 and he was on my mind, and I thought, man, I need to call him. And he, and he wasn't like a, a preacher like Brother Craig where I call all the time and that type, because he was like way up. It was one of them kind of that, that, that you called him and hoped he would talk to you. that time. And, and he would. It was just, you know, you know, y'all know what I'm saying? I just looked way up to him, and, and, he, and, he, and he fought depression bad. I mean, dealt with depression in a horrible way. And most preachers do, and people don't even know about it. And he fought that depression and fought that. For some reason, he was just on my mind. I said, I'm going to call him. I need to call him. I just need to tell him. I just need to tell him what he's meant to me in my life. I'm not going to waste his time. I just want him to know what he meant to me. And I was going to get around to it, and I just... And one day I got a phone call. And it just killed me. I started crying. He had taken his own life. He had just gone through so much and dealt with so much. And, and I thought, why didn't I call him? Why did I keep procrastinating? Now, 
my phone call probably wasn't going to change anything. But it had sure made me feel a whole lot better if I'd have told him what I felt. And man, I cried at days. Days I cried. Why didn't I call? I meant to. I was going to. I, I had every intention to call her. Who do you need to tell? Who has God put on your heart? Who is in your heart right now that you need to invite to Jesus? You need to invite to Easter. Don't procrastinate anymore. Because I'm telling you, you don't want that phone call. You don't want that call to come and you say, why didn't I tell him? I was going to invite him. I was going to ask him. I had every intention. Of, why? Why did I procrastinate? Let's do this. Let's kick procrastination out the wind and let's just do what we need to do. This week, if somebody, if God puts somebody on your heart, don't wait. Don't even think about it. Because when you think about it, you delay. Just do what God said. Don't go without God. Don't get distracted. Don't forget your purpose. We are witnesses. And dear God, whatever you do, don't procrastinate. And don't delay. And all God's people said, Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Lord, there's some folks here that need to get saved this morning. They've been putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And Lord, they need to, they need to just, just quit delaying and quit procrastinating. And they need to come forward and believe in you and trust in you. They need to come and submit and surrender their life to you. Lord, we have... We have men and ladies at this altar with Bibles in their hands. All they got to do is come. That's it. All they got to do is come. We'll take a Bible and show them how to be saved. Lord, if there's somebody here that's been procrastinating, they've been putting